You are listening to the Biblical Counseling Podcast, where we believe the Bible is sufficient and answers life's problems. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Christensen. This podcast is for everyone in the body of Christ, staff pastor, church leader, caring homemaker, the responsible businessman, everybody. But it's also for my Calvary Chapel University students. Shout out, hello to you guys. All of us are called to offer counsel regularly. And we every day need a word of counsel from the Lord. So these episodes are designed to assist you in learning to give godly counsel. Also to develop discernment in evaluating counsel that you receive. So it's my prayer that these podcasts, that these episodes will enlarge your vision of the Lord Jesus Christ as a wonderful counselor. God bless you. Grab your Bibles. Let's get started. See you on the inside. Welcome back to the Biblical Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Christensen, and it looks like we are still in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It took us three uh, episodes to cover this very rich passage of Scripture. So if you haven't listened to episode 1 and 2, and I know when I introduced this, I said uh, we are only going to do two episodes. It looks like it's going to take three episodes. So let's dive right in. Here we go. Welcome. Glad you're here. God's word divides joints and marrow. So we're in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. And it says this, uh, it says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, let me get there in my scripture. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. We talked about the Word of God and did a little overview of bibliology. We talked in our first episode that the Word of God is inspired, inerrant, authoritative. It is sufficient. It is necessary. And we talked about its perspicuity, that it is clear. A little brief introduction to bibliology. Then we looked at the Word of God is living. We talked about how it's alive and dynamic and it has an ability and a characteristic. We also talked that it's powerful. And episode two was all about separating the soul and the spirit and talking about really biblical anthropology that man is made up of a threefold being. And I disclosed to my listeners that I am a trichotomist because I believe that comes from the scripture, the, the triune character of man. Now let's talk about part three, joints and marrow. Not only does the word of God divide soul and spirit, but in Hebrews 4.12, it divides joints and marrow. Now what is that? A lot of times God will use a physical um, illustration to divide, a, to, <laughs> divide, to communicate a spiritual truth, right? And so that's what he's doing here. God's word divides joints and marrow on the surface. What does that have to do with life in Christ, joints and marrow? 
joints, the outworking, you know, the, the joints, the elbow, the, the shoulder, the hip bone, the knee bone, the ankle bone, and so forth, you know, they're all connected. Those are joints. And then the marrow is where the blood is produced in the midst of the bone, and that's the physical. And the creator uses the visible talent, talent tangible elements of his creation are wonderfully and and uh, wonderfully uh, knit together human body to illustrate an unseen aspect of the new creation so we've got the outward so that we know what the inward is first corinthians chapter 12 verse 12 for as the body is one and has many members but all the members of that one body being member being many are one body, so also is Christ. A spiritual message that God wants us to consider. In a physical body, there's joints and marrow. What are the joints and marrow in a physical body? Again, this is the Biblical Counseling Podcast, primarily for my Calvary Chapel University students, but for the online audience, for my loved ones, for my students, for my people that want to grow in Christ, that want to become people that care for others. And we are in talking about the sufficient character and ability of God's word. This is part three of a three-part message. You got to go back and listen to all of them to get the context. But now we're talking about joints and marrow in chapter four of Hebrews verse 12, the joints are easy to identify, elbow, uh, important function of the body. They enable, facilitate the outworking of life. What is the marrow? That's in the bones where the blood is produced and life, according to the scripture, is in the blood, Leviticus 17.11. The marrow is life-producing source of the physical body. It's not seen it's not touched. Now, what is a spiritual application of joints and marrow, the physical world? Let's ask the Lord, what are the spiritual applications that the word of God would have us make as in a physical body, joints and marrow in the body of Christ? The marrow would be correlated or it would be the life-giving place, life-sustaining place where the joints are the outworking. The word of God, it says, is able to divide soul and spirit and joints and marrow. So the word of God will show you what is life sustaining, life giving, life producing versus the outworking activity of life. And so I think it's enormous implication to really look at this, how important it is in sanctification. If you don't know the difference between the nurturing of the marrow in the bones and then the activity of the joints, a lot of times people think the whole key to ministry and to Christianity is keep those joints moving, get busy, get to work, and not long before you'll burn out, your joints will wear out because you're not sustaining the inner life of the spirit because your marrow is neglected. 
And so the word of God makes a division between marrow and joints, life-giving versus outworking activity. Do you see the implication? Do you see how important being in the word of God is? Because it can divide, because it's living, because it's powerful, because it's sharp, it's able to divide soulishness and the life of the spirit, walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh, law versus grace, and then joints and marrow, life sustaining life, empowering life giving versus the outworking. Both are important, but you got to have, <laughs> you got to have the very Holy Spirit, like you fill in your sails to propel you and to do the work of the ministry, yeah, like Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me and the word of God can separate and show you, yep, that is life-giving, life-sustaining, empowering versus the outworking. A familiar passage, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, you know this passage, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint let's let the word of god divide joints and marrow here in this passage what are the spiritual joints of the christian life and what relates to the marrow the spiritual joints activity mount up with wings like eagles running and not being weary walking and not fainting who is it that mounts up with wings like eagles? Who is it that runs and not becomes weary? Who is it that walks with God and does not faint? It does not refer to those who decide, I ain't fainting today, or I'm going to fly today. I'm going to run. I'm not getting weary today. I, I, by my willpower, by, I'm going to manufacture and muster all the strength in the world. I refuse to get weary well, that's concentrating on the joints. Where is the spiritual marrow in this passage? It says, but those who wait on the Lord. Do you see that? Isn't that fascinating? That as we wait on the Lord, the outworking is beautiful. They just keep marching and don't faint. They keep, keep mounting up with wings like eagles. That's the key running and not being weary, walking and not fainting. What is the key? It's waiting on the Lord, hoping in the Lord, putting our confidence steadfastly on the Lord. That's where spiritual wings develop, where renewed strength and stamina to carry on are derived. I need this right now. God's even, as I'm teaching, you know how that happens, teachers, pastors, leaders, ministry, uh, Bible study, uh, leaders that are watching this and listening to this. Isn't that how it works? You're teaching the word of God and God really speaks to you. I need some strength right about now. I'm worn out. What am I looking? If I'm, I'm focusing on the joints, I'm going to wear out. The key is putting my confidence in the Lord. And, and often people think the Christian life is about flapping their own wings, running with their own strength, walking and thinking you will never drop. That is a sad mistake to have. And so it continues on that uh, 
as the word of God is sharp enough to cut as a two-edged sword to separate joints and marrow. We're to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let me talk about that for a moment. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12, 1, you could look at joints and marrow in this scripture. Running with endurance is the race that is set before us, is the joints, the outworking, and that's important. And we, Our life is compared to a race, and we're to keep running the race. We're not to sit and fold our hands and be onlookers, but we're to get into the life of the Christian ministry but we need to know the difference between joints and marrow because one is life-giving and one is running as hard as we can. And the running with endurance, the outworking, has to be looking unto Jesus. There's the marrow of the spiritual race. It enables us to run with endurance. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, let aside, lay aside the weight, the sin, and easily snares, let us run with endurance that is before us. It says, looking unto Jesus. And if we don't know the difference between joints and marrow, if we don't let the word of God divide it, we're going to be falling into one or two great error, errors. We're, we're going to either think, you know, we're going to sit in a hammock and sit down and never moving, never growing, never helping, not doing anything. A lot of people are like that. They just kind of sit and say, well, God hasn't moved well, you need to get up and move. And, you know, I'm looking unto Jesus and you got to be careful about that's an error uh, because, uh, you know, we we want to get moving. But other people are just moving, 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 go, 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 running as hard as they can, as long as they can. And you need to have a genuine looking unto Jesus will stir a genuine work. And that's how we'll be able to run the race with endurance, looking unto him. Another passage of the word of God, John 15. Think about that. John 15, verse uh, 4 and 5. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And so... Uh, you've got, again, think about this. Let's rightly divide the word of God. What is joints and what is spiritual marrow here? Abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself and unless it abides in me, then neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Uh, we need to separate. We need to know the Christian life is about producing fruit, but we don't want to produce fake fruit. We don't want to produce wax fruit, rubber fruit, fake fruit, fruit that you find in a, a furniture store sitting on one of the tables as a centerpiece. We don't want to manufacture that kind of fruit. We can look like we're fruitful, but we're not fruitful. Life has to come from abiding in him. 
And so when we dwell, hope, trust in him, we draw our life from him like a grape is drawing (laughs) its life from the branch. And so the ability of the word of God to cut right down to the dividing of joints and marrow is what we need in our lives. And when we're reaching out, when we're discipling people, this is an issue of practical theology and sanctification. So that's what we've been talking about in these last two episodes. Again, this is episode three. In order to get the context, listen to one, two, and three. And you will hear how Hebrews 4.12, how important it is to us as biblical counselors that it it exalts uh Christ and the sufficiency of his word, but it also reminds us that we cannot run our uh, discipleship ministry on mere uh, academics alone. We need the very life of Christ. Our children need it as we want to teach them to uh, know uh, that the word of God is able to divide soul and spirit and um, not be... Uh, inactive, but we want to be active. So finally, let's conclude here. We've got a few more uh, minutes left, and we're going to conclude here that the Word of God discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, I'm going to read it once again. The Word of God is living and powerful. It's alive. It's not dead literature. It's living. It's God breathed. It's powerful. It has an ability. First uh, Thessalonians talks about it effectively works in the soul and heart and, and life of a person that puts their trust in the word of God. It has an innate characteristic of the very life of God. The word of God is living and powerful and it's sharp, sharper than a, a, a two-edged sword to pierce between the the division of soul and spirit to show you the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And that's what we're going to talk about now when we minister to the word of God, when we're counseling people, when we're working with people, when we're discipling people, when we're caring for souls and we're training people in the word of God, um, how do you reach those unreachable places in life and ministry? We have to turn to the ability of God's word because it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There are, in our lives, in the lives of those we minister to, we need God's word to cut deeply. We need the word of God to evaluate and deal with unseen thoughts and un declared motives and it's only the word of God that's able to do those things God's word uh, it's it has a character um, it has a essence a nature the word of God is is his heart breathed out it's inspired it's inerrant it's authoritative, it's necessary, it's clear, and God's word is sufficient for all that we need for life and godliness. We don't need humanistic psychological theory. We don't need biological anthropology. We don't need sociology that the humanists purport. We do not need humanistic philosophies. We need the word of God. 
And the word of God is able to change lives and transform lives. And as we consider the character and the ability of God's word, that it is living and powerful and sharp, able to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discern and understand and deal with the thoughts and intents of the heart, I pray our faith in the word of God would grow, that we would trust it more and more, that we would look to it more and more for everything. Every time we meditate, on the word of God, will come to acknowledge the word of God is greater than we've ever thought before. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ that he wants to communicate with us that we would be, as we're in the word, we would be motivated to trust in it, that it would spur us on to study more, to that our appetite would grow. Uh, not just checking off one more day in our one-year Bible, or a homework assignment, but that we will be way ahead of schedule because we want to get to know the one that the word of God is written uh, by. The one that it is not only God's word, uh, but it is the word of God. And we'll find God pours out things of heaven into our lives. And I pray that our capacity would be enlarged to contain more and more and more so that we would minister God's word to others, that God would give us and put in our path people that we could disciple, that we could rescue people, help people, see people's lives transformed. That's why you're studying this topic of biblical counseling, because you want to help people be transformed. Trust the word of God. It will not return void. It will do a work that it was intended for. But who are the people that God uses? Those that are abiding in his word, that are trusting in his word. Because the Thessalonians saw that they received it not as the word of man, but as it is indeed in truth, the word of God. And it effectively worked in their lives and hearts because they believed and they put their trust in it. God's word is powerful. It's sharp. It'll change your life. It'll transform you. But you got to be in it. And you got to dig into it. And, you know, it's interesting because the more you're in it, you develop a hunger for it. And then you're able to give that out to those that you disciple. Blessings to you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Biblical Counseling Podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Biblical Counseling Podcast. You can learn more at jeffchristensen.org. That's jeffchristensen.org. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend. Well, may the Lord richly bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.